welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. Folks from one of Oklahoma City's best restaurants will join us today to talk about Frida, which you might remember from our latest issue. Uh, do yourselves a favor, and you can start making reservations now, because uh, this place is always busy. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into our question of the week. Where do you take guests when they visit your hometown? First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Um, I, this is, I'm going to give the basic answer, because every guest I've ever had has done their research and came to town wanting to go to Cattleman's. <laughs> and so, like, they're like, I, I read about this Cattleman's place, and I'm like, you and everybody else. But, I mean, that is, just, like, Cattleman's is wonderful, and they're always impressed by it. Yeah. Like, my friend from New Orleans was like, that's the best bite of coconut cream pie I've ever had. Like, everybody loves Cattleman's when they come to Oklahoma City, and they're not from here. And I love Cattleman's, but, yeah. like, it would, it's not necessarily, I mean, like, I might take them to Madur or, like, you know, somewhere a little bit, a little bit more unexpected. But Cattleman's is great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carly Ibarra. Um, I always take people, and actually my in-laws were just here not too long ago, and we went to Abel's because it's very close to my house, and everybody loves Mexican food and free mm-hmm. queso. But <laughs> after that, I try to take people to Ganache Patisserie oh, good one. Um, because they have so many different desserts to choose from, and everybody can find something they love. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Photo editor Megan Rossman. Uh, I don't have a lot of out-of-town guests, <laughs> but... The ones that I do have, I feel like, are a little bit more lowbrow. Um, but that does not mean that their their pleasures are not uh, valid. <laughs> but Sonic uh, has been a popular destination oh, yeah. for people who are not who do not have Sonics where they live. Because Brahms. Brahms and yeah. Sonic—that's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. Um, and of course, the Wichita Mountains Wildlife <laughs> Refuge. If we're gonna talk about something that does not involve eating, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I didn't even—it didn't even occur to me to give a non-food answer <laughs> to that. Most question. of I know, like the bombing memorial. I know. I just thought in terms of restaurants. Although most of my out-of-town guests are poets coming in for Woody Guthrie Fest, so oh. they oh, they spend a lot of time in Okima and Tulsa too. Yeah. Um, so what, there, about, what do you eat in Okima now? Uh, well, house. during Woody Fest, you can still go to um, Hen it, House? the Hen House because oh, it's open. That... It's open during Woody Fest. Oh, um, but it's not. It's like a, just an event space now. But oh, it's, they okay. have a there's a pretty good Mexican restaurant in Okima. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but we went there. Lori and or yeah. Jen and I went. I know. There. I know. Yeah. Talking, I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah. But the I know. I know what you're talking about. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then Tulsa obviously has a ton of delights. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but Mother Road Market ice cream. Yeah. No, but people yeah. when they come here, yeah, well, people want to eat the ice cream at Brahms, yep. and they want to get the weird things at Sonic, yep. like the drinks and the things mm-hmm. stuffed into other things and fried. <laughs> <laughs> so Oklahoma State meal, things stuffed into other things and it's, then fried. It's like the state fair every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sonic. Exactly. Greg, where do you take out-of-town guests? Well, uh, much like you. Before if, you bury them. Before I bury the them. If if the guests are already from Oklahoma, they they have their favorites they want to come sure. see. But but for people who are not originally from here, Stockyard City is like is what they imagine no. Oklahoma is going to be. They really enjoy it. Yeah, out of town people really enjoy it. Down it's there. it's yeah. it's so novel to them, and so I'm happy to have yeah. that place to kind of yeah. give them that experience. But then yeah. Um, 
you know, Western art at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Say, that's another place that out-of-town guests have asked me to go to, yeah. is the Cowboy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a, I mean, it, first of all, it's always a great museum, a really great place to go, but it is very representative, I think, of what people think Oklahoma's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take them to Paseo or the yeah. Plaza District or just wherever I mean, and kind of show them it's like... <laughs> No, we don't ride horses everywhere. Right. And now we have FAM, which is a great compliment oh, yeah. to the cowboy, too. So I'm going to start taking people there. Yes, yeah. We had uh, we had a few people yeah, what who did mentioned people say online? Uh, FAM as well. Uh, um, let's see. In fact, yeah, uh, our, our old friend Andrea Walker-Rudy. Uh, well, thank you, Andrea. Uh, said the First Americans Museum. Dusty Nail said uh, Center of the Universe and Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Both great, mm. both great. Um, yeah, essential. Diane Doan uh takes them to Guthrie and then to mm-hmm. El Reno for Sid's Onion Burgers. That's Guthrie's good. another one that That's it's, a fun trip. It's close enough uh, and you and it's and it's different enough. Well, you want to talk about a place that people think Oklahoma looks like. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely. cool. That like I love their their downtown looks like there might be like a like two dudes like having a shootout. On sometimes there is sometimes. two I mean, in a good dudes way. having a shootout. No, because they do the the thing sometimes. Oh, because they have the territorial reenactment. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then, of Same. course, uh, the uh, my, my personal favorite, the uh, Frontier Drugstore Museum. Uh, <laughs> you just, love that place. I do. It's I do. So it's cool. so much fun. Uh, Karen Toby uh, likes to swing by the Philbrook and then uh, head over to Pawhusko for the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile. That's um, good. That's uh, a really good one. It, it, and again, something that I think a lot of out-of-town guests are going to like. I, mm-hmm. I think Reba's place I is going to be... I was about to say, Reba's place is about to, is about to take a place, is about to... It's going to be like Reba's, Blake's, and the Pioneer. Like, you're going to have, like, a whole celebrity restaurant yeah. itinerary you can go on in Oklahoma <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, Patrick Reynolds uh, hits Oklahoma Contemporary and 21C Museum Hotel. Awesome. I think that's those, those are, are really good to show the yeah. other side of, of Oklahoma and show how artsy totally. uh, we are. I was are. thinking Kane's Ballroom, too. Oh, yeah. Good one. yeah. Um, Todd Davis says that in Enola, he takes them to the Mike Fuller Auto and Gas Museum. Cool. Um, right. And then uh, we had another one, Megan Childers... Uh, hits the barn quilt trail and then takes them to the top of Oklahoma Historical Society Museum in Blackwell. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Wow. Creative really, thinking. Really, That's really, really good. fun yeah. places. Uh, and then uh, finally, Donna Hayes uh, heads by the Marlin Mansion in Ponca City. I think that's another really great one. You, there's so many historic homes that you can uh, go to in, in Oklahoma City as well as across the state. There's lots of fun stuff. Yeah. And Marlin Mance has a cool, like a like, it's a good story to tell people. Yeah. 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 So. Well, uh, let's uh, talk to Don Dickerson and Quinn Carroll from Frida. Well, I hope you listeners are hungry because we have got uh, two of the best people to talk about food in the state of Oklahoma with us today. Uh, Don Dickerson, managing uh, general manager, and uh, Quinn Carroll, the head chef at Frida Southwest. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Craig. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, so uh, I had the pleasure of uh, talking to you guys for the story we did in our uh, most recent issue. Uh, but for people who haven't uh, had a chance to look at the issue yet, uh, tell us a little bit about about Frida. What is that? What is the uh, what's the cuisine there? So the cuisine at Frida Southwest is uh, it's southwestern. So it's it's largely a tapestry, a blend of a lot of Texas hills, some Mexican influences, Oklahoma influences. And then, of course, uh, barring from Santa Fe and a little bit of California, it's like I said, it's a tapestry for sure. Yeah. What kind of research did you do on, on Southwestern cuisine as you were putting this together? Were you, uh, were you looking at a lot of other restaurants and a lot of uh, cookbooks or anything? 
we did, we looked at several cookbooks, um, lots of Geronimo, which is in Santa Fe. It's a, it's a fine dining restaurant, superb restaurant, uh, as well as Cody Cafe. And then we borrowed some from our, our just our Oklahoma roots, Southern roots. And it was really just a blend of all of us. It wasn't just one person. Sure. Kind of all actively working towards the goal of introducing Southwestern cuisine to Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, and um, one thing about Frida is uh, that the the menu is very user friendly. Um, it, it you guys are uh, there's a lot of very interesting dishes on there, but the way they're presented, uh, both by the servers and and uh, as they're written on the menu, is very enticing. And I I, I kind of wonder uh, what steps you guys took to uh, to make sure that this was uh, uh, accessible. I mean, there's there's a lot, and that's not just me. That's a large <clears throat> part of me, a large part of Don's work in the front and being curious and how we do things in the back. Um, but I'd love, Don, if you want to say yeah. a few words about how you've done that with your Hunter House crew. Uh, honestly, it's just mostly just gets down to hiring people that will honor, you know, a menu and that think about things, you know, that will get behind a product and get behind a chef and get behind a manager and get behind an idea. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's any more skilled person making food and making menus and making dishes and so if you just hire any one person anybody that can want to like wait on a table table side that's really not going to work yeah you know what i mean so it's got to be someone that that understands cuisine that has eaten some different things and has worked in the industry for a long time and it's going to study it and, and learn it yeah, well, and and one of the one of the things that I noticed uh, at Frida was the the longevity. Uh, you guys have had servers that are really sticking around, and that this is um, in an environment where uh, servers are, are seem to be leaving uh, all the time, switching restaurants. But um, you know, at Frida, the people there are are there, and and they seem to <laughs> they seem to be really invested in the place. And that's kind of what Don had mentioned about, you know, hiring correctly is we, I know it may sound cliche, but it's more of a, a community and a team here, much more of a family vibe because we hire with the intention of you're not just going to work a normal, say nine to five or five to close. There's a certain amount of investment that we ask, but we also give a large return. Uh, for instance, we have chef features that rotate every month. And the amount of participation, involvement, excitement from the front to back, it's, it's every single person. They come prepared with notes, ask questions, they pair it with wines. I mean, our bartenders are excellent at curating and providing um, certain drinks that will go along with our features. So yeah, it's a very much, there's no wall divided between front and back. It's yeah. a constant coercion team vibe at all times yeah that's uh you know when i talked to you guys before collaboration was really a key word uh it there is um and and you know i i thought it was funny you kind of mentioned the excitement for those chefs features i i can promise you the excitement extends to the people coming in to eat um because uh you know when you go into frida it is i'm not going to say it's packed uh, but but it it's a it's a very 
busy restaurant. There are, I, I know plenty of people who are, uh, are looking on any given night uh, to get a reservation in there. Um, so, uh, so, so clearly it has, uh, it's worked and you guys are really connected with folks. Um, you know, Quinn, you mentioned the, uh, the bartenders and, uh, and also the seasonal menus. And I wanted to ask a little bit about the, uh, the current seasonal cocktail menus uh, because I, well, I, I couldn't stop giggling uh, as I was reading through uh, a lot of those, a lot of those titles. Um, how do you guys work on uh, that sense of fun while still being, you know, a, a serious restaurant? Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, in July of 2019, we had a drink on the menu called Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it was just like a very simple thing. I mean, it was a purple drink, which you don't see often, and it ended up just being our, our number one best-selling bar drink for two years and, until we shut down for COVID. Yeah. Um, and we just named it after that drink, and so that just became habit. So I think that kind of goes along with the creation element that really runs through Frida from, as Quinn said, you know, front to back. So we're not just creating a drink that tastes good. We're thinking about how it looks. We're thinking about how it's going to look on the menu. Um, we're thinking about how it's going to pair with chef's food. Um, so it's not just one, and it's also not like a one beverage director. That's, it's not that one person's perspective. Um, it's, as you say, a a collaboration you know there's there's room at the table for every bartender and also room at the table for every culinary manager here as well because we're pairing drinks that go with his food yeah um and so you can't help but have it be fun so <laughs> i mean we do name the drinks after songs which again really just stemmed from the purple rain in july of 2019 yeah because it's so well um so yeah, that's really part of the creative process as well, because you can't have one person that's making all the drinks, that's writing the wine list, that is just putting on paper what they think sells or what they think is good. Yeah. So when you do have, like Chef says, a collaboration of a group of people um, that really are like-minded in what we're doing and what Frida is, what the food is, what the drink needs to be to pair with that, what the drink looks like. Again, what it looks like on the menu. Yeah. You know, Chef and I just did a collaboration together a few months ago about just how the menu reads. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always a group of people that's thinking together. Well, and it, the, oh, sorry, the, uh, the one that, uh, that kind of, that, I, I kind of wondered about the song choice because uh, on this one, uh, the the drinks are named after uh, the lyrics uh, from uh, "I Like Big Butts" by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Um, yes. Uh, is, is that when you guys choose a song? Is it is it the is the idea like you want something that that people are going to have that familiarity with, but also it's it's yes. uh, it, it's a fun. I mean, it, it, you know, Purple Rain is. Uh, I, I don't know if I would call it a fun song, but it's definitely like a, it, it's, it's got, it's got to be, you can dance to it. Um, yeah. yeah. 
What was the question on it? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, when, when you're choosing the songs, uh, kind of, uh, it, do you guys have a list? Is there something where, where you're like, I don't think enough people are going to know that one? No. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's it kind of stems from s some people's likes and some people's dislikes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but we all have to agree that it's going to be something that people will have heard of. You know, we don't pick like a Taylor Swift song that would ostracize 25 percent of, you know, our our clientele. You know, yeah. we don't pick a Willie Nelson song necessarily because we like country music, you know, it has to be something that's known. Most people know Prince, most people know, you know, like our last revision was the Sir Mix-a-Lot song. So, I mean, most people know that as well. Um, so yeah, we gotta, we ha have to think through what people are gonna know about. Well, um, you know, one of the things that we uh, discussed in the article was the decor um and and you had uh done some really interesting things to say about um about making a place that is welcoming and that is sort of on brand without being too on the nose mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh would you tell me a little bit about that process what was it uh you know uh, you're coming from Southwestern cuisine, uh, obviously uh, named after a, a very famous uh, artist. Um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you say uh, Frida? How do you get Frida across without, as you put it, you know, putting a mustache above the door? Right. Um, you know, I think everybody was in agreement, you know, that the food was going to kind of be, it was, was going to, going to be sort of like an art gallery type situation. I think also the owners, Sean in particular, wanted the restaurant to feel like, he wanted the guests to like, feel like they weren't necessarily in Oklahoma. Okay. Because the food is not necessarily like Oklahoma, if that makes sense. So, um, he was wanting the guests to feel like they were being a part, like they were on vacation. He wanted them to feel like they were eating food out of the state and wanted them to feel like they were like on vacation out of Oklahoma, if that makes sense, you know? Absolutely. It's also very um, calming, the colors in there and the color scheme is, yeah. um, it, it's, there's a, there's a real easygoing feel to it. what chef had had mentioned you know the food is approachable you know i think in oklahoma if you make it we also have to kind of, kind of understand our our clientele yeah, um definitely. and so i think it needs to be something that is approachable you know when and i'll speak to that a little bit and then let chef chef talk about it um i in particular think about my parents my late parents, you know, they were from an older generation, you know, but they were from Oklahoma. And I distinctly remember taking them out to dinner for the first time. And they looked at us at a piece of sushi for the first time and were just like confused and a little bit uncomfortable. And it wasn't an enjoyable experience for them. And my best family memories are having food, you know, with with my parents. And so I think Chef really 
that's one of the reasons I connected with him so much in the very beginning of this process is he makes great food and he considers who he's cooking for. And he is cooking for people like my dad. You know, he is cooking for people like my mom. He's not just cooking for foodies, quote unquote, whatever that, whatever that term means. I don't even know what that term means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, you know, people will, will say that about themselves. And, you know, I, I think, I think again, that's, that's my take on it is he wants people to enjoy it. You know, I mean, he's not cooking food that he would necessarily eat or that he likes. He's cooking food and making food that's approachable and considering the guests. So, yeah, I mean, you can maybe call that laid back. You can maybe call that casual. You can maybe call it, you know, you layer in some elevated service elements and stuff. And maybe you call it fine dining. I'm not sure what you call it, but I think you, I, th I think it's great food that anyone, you know, someone in college will, can find something on the menu. My late parents could have found something on the menu. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's uh, the kind of the depth and breadth of the dishes on there. Um, it, there is plenty of stuff that I would think is is kind of adventurous uh, um, ingredients that you're not seeing, and, and sometimes uh, terms that that uh, that you're not familiar with. I mean, I I have been writing about food for more than a decade, and there are definitely things that I'm looking through there, and I'm like, I am not sure that I know what that is. Uh, but then there are also, there's plenty of things on there where you guys, um, ha have kind of aimed straight, uh, straight for, uh, for that, that Oklahoma palette, uh, where, you know, you're going to find something, um, on there, uh, regardless of, of your background. And I think that's, uh, I, I, I honestly believe that's probably part of what has made, uh, Frida so popular. It's because, uh, you're right, Don. You can bring your parents, even if they're not "quote unquote" foodies, even if they're not adventurous eaters. Uh, and and while you might enjoy the the tuna tartare, uh, you know your your uh, dad's looking at the pork chop. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah, and I think too that kind of leads into why you have to have um, someone kind kind people. You know talking to the guests and passionate people and respectful people mm -hmm. um but because i distinctly remember at that time thinking how rude you know the the server was because it was almost kind of like we we're being laughed at yeah um and you know i think again like that that was burned in my mind that experience was burned in my mind as i didn't want to make and my parents were kind people but you know what i mean and they don't mm -hmm they never made people feel embarrassed or ashamed in any, you know, when they were living. And so I thought that was a, a real miss. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've carried that experience with me here at Frida, you know, because I want people a, that are going to learn the menu and again, be passionate about it and respectful about chef's talents um, and what he's putting on that menu and what he's working so hard to put on that plate. And then I wanted to be able to talk to the guests about it, every guest which again is why we have elderly people, senior citizens, young people, middle age, you know what I mean? We have just a whole plethora of different types of guests. I don't think there's any demographic that, that, uh, that is excluded. No, and that's a big part of, uh, you know, part of leaning design is that just kind of my philosophy, I don't want anyone to be limited 
they go out to a restaurant, say they have a dietary restriction, they're limited to this one thing. And maybe that's a grilled mushroom cap or a couple side dishes. That's boring. It's not adventurous. They're not being engaged. So yeah, I take that very seriously. I'm like, okay, yes, you, maybe you're celiac or you're vegan by choice, or that's just what you prefer. But we're going to make something super cool, super adventurous, and you're going to like it. You're going to remember it. Yeah. So that's very important for me. Make food available for all. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, in addition to the, uh, the wonderful drinks, the wonderful menu, um, you guys also have just an outstanding dessert menu. Uh, tell me a little bit about where the desserts come from. So our desserts are designed by, they're actually our humankind pastry chef, that's Rachel Porter. So they design each one. And a lot of what they do is just, it's paired with me. I might offer a couple suggestions, maybe tweak this, tweak that. But a lot of it is their own personal uh, creative background. They just bring a lot forward. And then, like I said, it's another collaboration. We work with the fronts, uh, Donna and myself. Like I said, tweaking, making small adjustments. What if we adjusted this so it appears this way to the guests? So, again, a lot of that is Rachel. And like I said, I just help them here and there. Well, um, before we uh, before we go, one thing uh, I kind of wanted to bring up, Quinn, is that in addition to your work at Frida, uh, you have also been contributing uh, across the street at uh, at the newly reopened Sauce. Um, uh, I've been there a few times, uh, really really lo- loving it. Uh, my my wife was uh, devastated when Sauce closed because she loved the wings so much, and when you guys reopened, she now says somehow the wings are even better uh, uh you know one of her favorite places yeah that's good to hear you know yeah it's a new business but we're also in old territory so we really wanted to honor the community by bringing it back i know that was a big ask and there are certain expectations and we're just really trying to establish the food make sure when you walk in the door you get a friendly smile you're greeted you get that slice that you remember and maybe a little bit different but you know we're at it every day, and I'm very excited for that. I got the opportunity to be a part of it. I've had an amazing time, and every day it just seems to get better. But. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, Don Diggerson, Quinn Carroll, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, folks, if you are interested in eating at Frida Southwest, which you absolutely should be, uh, you need to head to FridaSouthwest.com. You're going to see at the menus. You're going to be able to make a reservation on there. Um, and, uh, and if you, uh, you want to give it a shot to, to walk in, maybe grab a seat at the bar. It's at 500 Paseo in Oklahoma city. Uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us. Thank you so much, Craig. Man, that's a good restaurant. It, oh my gosh. What really a good is. restaurant that is. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah a, a personal favorite of pretty much the entire staff here. I think of everyone who's ever been there, yeah. right? Like, it's impossible to go there and not eat. You guys have been to Frida, right? I went there for my birthday this year. Oh, what'd you have? I had uh, the chicken tortilla soup, which was the best I've ever had. Although, they only give you like a fourth a cup, which was very disappointing. Aww. But it was delicious. <laughs> and then uh, I had the salmon that has that oh, like chimichurri that sauce That wild on isle it. salmon. Oh, my. And risotto. Is... It's got like the lobster corn risotto. Oh, God. <laughs> It, so good. It really is. And, and, and that's been on the menu from the Shut beginning. Shut me up. <laughs> uh, that's been on the menu from the beginning, and they said that, that it's like, 
people would revolt if they tried to take that off. I mean, that's that's very popular. I feel like every restaurant has like all these really good intentions about changing the menu all the time, and then they're like, oh, everyone loves everything we do. We can't take anything off. Yeah. Megan, what about you? You've been to Frida, right? Yes, I liked their empanadas. Oh, yeah. They're pretty tasty. Really, really good. Their desserts, too, are really fantastic. Their, uh, their pastry chef, uh, who, who works for kind of the whole group there with, uh, like, Sauced and um, uh, Picasso, yeah. um, does just some amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely love them. All right. Let's, uh, let's plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. Uh, first up this week, let's go with Nathan. Words are amazing things, right? I mean, they pay the bills around here. But uh, let's take a minute and appreciate the true magic of words. Like, like here's how this event's write-up would sound without words. <laughs> That's not helpful, right? Like, <laughs> I wonder how many people just, like, really, turned up their car radio. Like, really, I wish you guys had um, seen the interpretive dance he just I, did. It was pretty, um, it was pretty graceful. It, it, it was, it was graceful a lot of it information. Was, it was, you know what, it was both graceful and magnanimous. <laughs> That, that dance. Sadly, not um, great on a podcast. No, but if you are, if you love words even half as much as we do, why not head to one of Oklahoma's best wordsy locations this Saturday, April 15th? That's right, the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry, which, by the way, is legit one of the coolest museums in the state. So, and it's small. It doesn't take long to go through, but yes. it's so cool. Uh, that's in Locust Grove, and they are hosting their annual Wonder City Word Fest, which they've been doing for several years now. The celebration of all things literary will feature writers and performers reading poetry, telling stories, making music, and engaging in loads of other forms of written expression. There'll even be a poet costume contest, and I think I'm going to go as Ezra Poundcake. Haha. <laughs> um, ha. Sorry, poetry joke. Uh, that's why it wasn't funny. Stay to the <laughs> <laughs> stay to the end to find out who takes home the top honors from the Oklahoma Poem Awards. It might be you. I don't know. Uh, for more information, call 918-479-7667 or visit rompoetry.com. That's R-O-M-P-O-E-T-R-Y.com. That place is legit cool. It is. I love mm-hmm. I love Romp. And Sean, who runs it, is just one of the coolest people ever. So, Well, sure. and, and uh, you know, for a lot of museums are about kind of taking in what's already happened, and romp is one of those that is inspiring you to make your own poetry Like, happen. museum isn't even really the word. It's like yeah. if you've been to Factory Obscura, it's almost like an immersive poetry experience yeah. type thing. Yeah. There's really uh, fun. Tons of, tons of inspiration to be found But there. much smaller, yeah. Uh, uh, Carly, what about your event? Traditionally in Oklahoma, tax day signals that the last frost is likely behind us, and you can finally plant your garden. By the way, this info comes from my grandma, so if it's wrong, feel free to take it up with Margie Tinsley. (laughs) April 15th is a Saturday this year, so it's a safe bet that every plant shop in town will be packed with folks shopping for their own little bounty. So why not avoid the hordes at the big box retailers and use your dollars to support OSU's Department of Horticulture and Landscape Architecture by shopping their annual plant sale. From 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Greenhouse Learning Center in Stillwater, Horticulture Club students will be selling coleus, fiber optic grass, Goldilocks money wart, and dozens of other annuals. They'll also have plenty of perennials in stock, like Tower Power Yellow Black-Eyed Susans, Cherry Sunrise Lantana, Garden Ghost Wormwood, and lots more. It's also a great opportunity to bend the ear of some OSU plant experts, and admission is free. Call 405-744-6460 for more info, or just show up to 318 North Lincoln and Stillwater with your green thumbs and a vehicle you don't mind getting dirty. 
I want to go to that. I know. Doesn't that sound great? Yes. I totally want to go to that. And I feel like their plants are going to be much more Oklahoma friendly than the yeah. stuff you would get at like Home Depot or Lowe's or something Truth. like that. Ooh, yeah. I want to go. Yeah, they do go. a really great job yeah. up there of kind of curating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan, what's your event this week? Well, the name Carney Fest might conjure unsettling images of free-flying acrobats, fire eaters, sword swallowers, and contortionists in your mind's eye, but... This carnival will summon freaks of a different kind, Leon lifers, diehard fans of musician (laughs) and Tulsa native Leon Russell. On April 15th, they'll descend on the church studio in Tulsa, Leon's former recording studio that was lovingly refurbished and turned into a museum and modern recording studio in recent years, for a party that won't activate anyone's circus clown phobia. (laughs) This family-friendly festival named for Leon's 1972 album, Carney, will have food and merchandise vendors and a musical lineup that includes headliners Reverend Horton Heat, Ann Bell and the Tulsa Sound, Brad Absher and the Superials, Jake and the Idols, Dante and the Bird Dogs, and a Tom Petty tribute band called the Insiders, plus several more talented acts. Visit CarneyFest.com for tickets. That sounds like fun. That's a good record. I'll tell you, you know who's getting a lot of tight wire. Sorry, you know who's getting a lot of work at that is and that guy is in (laughs) so many bands. bands. Yes, no, there are a lot of and Reverend Horton Heat though. That sounds like oh, that's a that's yeah. There, man, we need to go back up to the church studio because last time we saw it, it was gutted. Remember, it was all like I went there uh, last year actually. Really? Yeah, and it it was. I want to go. Yeah, no, it was. They did an amazing job. It was. Of course, unrecognizable since they, you know. Since we were there last. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool, though. Greg, what do you got? Oh, guest conductor Ron Spiegelman steps up to the podium for the Oklahoma City Philharmonic's Road Trip on Route 66 concert. This is a discovery concert aimed at children of all ages, including pre-concert arts, crafts, and dance in the lobby, and then a musical tour of the Mother Road for about an hour. An hour to burn off nervous energy before... A scant 60 minutes of sitting down is kind of a genius idea. Uh, I, honestly, I feel like we should probably do that before the podcast <laughs> every week. Just to, just to get out the sillies, or you just guys. Some jumping jacks. That's right. Uh, tickets are $10.50, which is about as low as it gets for the Civic Center Music Hall in Oklahoma City. Visit okcphil.org to get tickets and find more info. Are adults allowed to go to this? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Children of all ages. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Mm. From 8 to 80. I mean, meanwhile, your seven year old and your great grandfather have to stay at home. (laughs) Well, the sound of the editors doing their pre podcast arts and crafts and dance (laughs) activities mean that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Uh, But if you can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com, pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now, and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye.